0: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. I always enjoy bringing you the latest. This is The Scoop. Scoop. It's The Scoop with Darren dookie Wolfson from 5 Eyewitness News. And away we go. Crazy week on my front, but happy to be back in the podcast studio here at Hubbard Broadcasting. This is Scoop Podcast episode... 309 on the 7th of august friday late afternoon the year is 2020 i'll empty out my figurative notebook for a bit then i'll get to a few basketball conversations including with gophers coach richard patino let me begin with the vikings the dalvin cook contract extension talks are ongoing my sense is it's when not if dalvin is scheduled to talk to us next friday I even wonder if a deal gets done before then. But if it doesn't get done by Friday the 14th, I think it's still when, not if. The 49ers are the latest team to kick the tires on free agent defensive end. The former Viking, Everson Griffin. The Browns have some interest. A bunch of teams have called. The Packers have called. The Giants, the Cowboys the Raiders, the Seahawks, I'm sure others. I'm told the Vikings have made an offer. In fact, they made a counter offer even. He said no to their initial offer. They went a little bit higher. It's still not close to the point of being a done deal. The Vikings need to go, I'm told, significantly higher. So there is nothing to point to the idea of it being imminent, but it's just, it's something to keep an eye on. The Vikings right now have about 13 million dollars In salary cap space, they are actually getting phone calls from agents representing some of these free agent defensive tackles after the failed acquisition of PJ Hall. Hall comes in here, the former Raider, fails the physical. So all these agents, you know, representing all these free agent defensive tackles are like, okay, Minnesota wants a defensive tackle. We will be proactive. We will reach out to George Payton. We will reach out to Rob Brzezinski, but no real sense at this point. It's fluid, but no real sense at this point that the Vikings are looking to add a veteran free agent defensive tackle. The Vikings never inquired about free agent guard Brian Winters before he committed to the Buffalo Bills this week. They did not inquire about Jordan Reed, the free agent tight end who has a history with Kirk Cousins. He is off to the 49ers. Yeah, the Vikings did not inquire on him either. The Vikings really haven't inquired about many guys. I've been asked about Michael Kendricks after the Vikings went after him a couple years ago. Eric's brother, he's a free agent out there. No, the Vikings have not inquired about michael kendricks you should not be surprised from the headline earlier this week that ezra cleveland will get some reps at guard he had mentioned that on was it last podcast he was on a recent podcast i think it was episode 308 i connected with ezra at his house he had mentioned a couple weeks ago that he'd been getting some reps at guard during that three-day or it might have been a few more days than that. That mini camp they had at Woodbury High School in June, that Kirk Cousins was at, that Justin Jefferson was at, pretty much the entire offense minus Dalvin Cook. Now, he pretty much is a tackle, a left tackle, I think long term. He absolutely is the Vikings' left tackle, but for right now, he might be good enough to see the field immediately with Riley Reef at left tackle at the guard position. So just something to keep an eye on. But hey, if you listen to this podcast, not surprising. One bit on the gopher basketball front, Liam Robbins thought he would know by now. In fact, he thought he would know last week, so now we're through another whole week. Now, nothing should surprise us about the NCAA. Yeah, the NCAA has a lot going on right now, but. They've been handing out these waivers left and right. So Liam thought he would have heard by now. He thought he would have heard by last week. There's still optimism, and he still thinks it. Others think it close to him that, that he will be granted immediate eligibility. The Drake transfer to play immediately for the Gophers, but he's still on standby. Marcus Carr back to the Gophers. Zero surprise. He wasn't even among the 105 players considered for the combine it was always when not if if you've listened to this podcast any number of interviews i've done going back many weeks i've always talked as if it was going to happen that marcus carr would be part of the gopher basketball team for the 2020 2021 season the gophers lone 2021 commit Trayton thompson the kid from alexandria he has looked decent this summer playing for D1 Minnesota. The four Gophers not in town, Carr, Brandon Johnson, Jamal Mashburn Jr., David Mutoff, there are no concerns there. Those guys are working out on their own. In fact, Brandon Johnson just wrapped up some classes. So of those four, he should be the first to reach campus. Carr should be not too far behind. But there are zero concerns on the fronts of any of those guys. I mean, heck, those guys are working on their own. They have their own trainers. They have access to their gyms. There's nothing to be concerned about just because those guys are not on campus. Now, if the guy's on campus, I'm told Robbins has looked good in individual workouts. Booth Gotch has looked good. I'm told Trey Williams has shot the ball well. Gabe Kauscher shot the ball well as well. One other for basketball recruiting note, I was with Chet Holmgren on Thursday afternoon. He mentioned that he will do a Zoom chat with Richard Pitino sometime in the next handful of days. He said he was waiting on on something on his mom's front to get cleared up to to nail down a specific day. But sometime in the next few days, he's scheduled for another chat. He's chatted with Patino a handful of times, but he's got a chat coming up with Patino where Patino is going to detail exactly how Chet would fit in to the Gophers offense next year. Chet is the number one player in the country in the class of 2021 per ESPN and 24 7 sports. He's as unique as it gets, seven feet tall, the best shot blocker in the country, yet he has guard skills. He has a final seven, the Gophers. I would make up his final seven, Gonzaga, the favorite, but the G League. You cannot dismiss the G League as a possibility for Chet. That's how good he is, where he could get a six-figure offer after his high school career is done to go immediately To the pro ranks. I asked Chet about that. He did not dismiss that possibility. The thing is, that offer wouldn't come for many months. So it's not like he has an offer on the table where he can say, okay, that is a distinct possibility. Yeah, he can think about it, he's thought about it, but at this point, he's looking at colleges more so. On the Gopher football front, P.J. Fleck is scheduled to talk to us after the Gophers' first practice this afternoon, so he'll talk to us early evening. We'll see what headlines emerge from that conversation. Rashad Bateman already has an agent. That's the way this thing works. I mean, all these top guys that are opting out of the season, they pretty much have an agent already lined up. It's a matter of when they want to announce it, but yeah, Rashad Bateman signed with IFA, that's Blake Barrett's and company. Blake's been on this podcast a number of times. They wrap Adam Thielen, C.J. Hamm, Ifedio, Denebo. go up and down the list. They have Blake Cashman, Tyler Johnson. In fact, Rashad Bateman has spent time with Adam Thielen going back over the summer. So good get, though, for the local agency, IFA, getting Rashad Bateman, who should still be a first-round pick. We're still waiting on July COVID numbers from the U. I'm told the football team going back to June. When they released numbers in June, they released the number of athletes that had tested positive, but they didn't break it down by sport. I am told the football team got bit a little bit, but it doesn't sound like there's any long-term concerns, or at least immediate concerns like right now, concerns that, that rear their ugly heads heading into summer camp. But yeah, I mean, who knows long-term, right? I mean, who knows what what, if you end up with COVID-19, you know, what your lungs look like in five years, you know, what... What other aspects of, of you know your respiratory system, whatever it might be, I mean, what do, what does what does your body look like long term? We don't know. so I shouldn't say long term. that was that was idiotic. Congratulations to why is that offensive lineman Tyler Magnuson he committed on Friday to Syracuse. The gophers were not in his mix or at least they did not present him a scholarship offer, but he was a good player. He is a good player. He's proven he's a good player. He had a pretty good offer list, just not the golfers. But, yeah, he is on his way to Syracuse. Speaking of YZ, as I bounce all over the place, congratulations to Joey Gerber. He was a YZ graduate going back a few years, Maple Grove kid. He made his major league debut this week with the Seattle Mariners. Got to face the LA Angels. Got to face specifically Albert Pujols. How about that for, you know, making your major league debut? One of the first hitters you face is a future Hall of Famer. So congratulations to Joey. He went on to the University of Illinois out of YZ and ended up as like a top 10 round pick guy. Climbed up through the minors, was on their 60-man heading into this year. Then they added him the other day to the 40-man and immediately put him on, at that point, the 30-man roster. Now we're down to 28-man rosters. But congratulations to a local kid, Joey Gerber, on making his Major League debut keeping it going. The MLB theme, the Twins, I mentioned this on the last podcast, are still hopeful to be able to host fans. They'd love to host fans as soon as August 14th, but it comes down to Major League Baseball. I should have mentioned that on the podcast last week. The Major League Baseball has to give the thumbs up. So while the Twins have a plan in place, the Twins have been working for weeks upon weeks to have a plan. So the Twins are ready. The Twins, if you told them today, hey, you can host fans right now, They have a plan in place ready to host some fans. It would be limited fans, but they are ready to host some fans at Target Field. But they need Major League Baseball's approval. So who the heck knows if we'll ever get to that point. The Twins were not one of the teams to pull their scouts from the East Coast Pro Scouting event in Hoover, Alabama. Many teams did pull their scouts, but the Twins were not one of those teams. Many top 2021 draft prospects. We're taking part. One other Twins note, I mean, I could opine about how good they are, how the loss on Thursday in Pittsburgh is pretty much meaningless because the Twins are going to make the playoffs, assuming we get all the way through the season. That's how good they are. Plus, it's eight teams that make the playoffs now in the American League. So, you know, like in many ways, the regular season is pretty meaningless. Yeah, it would be nice to be the one seed, but if fans are not allowed in the ballpark, does home field advantage really matter? all that much. But yeah, I mean, it would be it would be really, really hard for the Twins to not make the playoffs. So you lose one game. Yeah, it was unfortunate to see Taylor Rodgers give it up on Thursday, but the Twins will be plenty fine. One other Twins note, they signed a college free agent, a pitcher from Old Dominion, John Wilson. He had thrown the ball well this summer for a team in the Northwoods League, a team out of North Dakota. He's the son of longtime Twins area scout, John Wilson. The Twins gave Wilson a $20,000 signing bonus. He throws it around 90, 91 miles per hour. I'm told the changeup plays, the curveball plays. So after seeing him throw well in the Northwoods league this summer, Hey, that's a pretty good $20,000 roll of the dice if you're the Twins. So we'll see if they can catch lightning in the bottle with this free agent pitcher, John Wilson out of old dominion. To the NBA, to the Wolves, McKinley Wright, Champlin Park High School. He is now back at the University of Colorado. He had a draft interview with the hometown Wolves before deciding to head back to Boulder. That interview took place last week, just before the deadline. There is a group trying to buy the Wolves and Lynx that I'm told has an exclusive negotiating window. The belief is it's the Daniel E. Strauss Group. Now, I'm told this exclusive window expires at some point, this month, I don't have a definitive date, so I don't know if it's August fifteenth. I don't know if it's August thirtieth, but before the month is done, so maybe we'll have some news on the sale front. I still think it's when, not if. Much like Dalvin Cook getting a contract extension, I foresee Glenn Taylor selling the Wolves and Lynx. I think it's when, not if. You know, so I would keep an eye on the Danieli e. Strauss Group. That being said, just because you have this exclusive negotiating window doesn't mean that that you know you being the group that has the window is going to. You know, reach an agreement with Glenn. I'm told to not sleep on the Wilfs; that they are still lurking in the background. There's nothing, you know, definitive going on, especially with an exclusive negotiating window for for some group. Again, I believe it's the Strauss group. You know, but I'm just told if if something falls through the cracks on on the Strauss group, to not sleep on the possibility. I know there were some reports going back a couple weeks that the Wilfs are not involved. Yeah, I mean, they're not involved right now, but I'm just told to not sleep on the Wilfs. Don't forget the Wilfs in this equation. There really isn't any buzz on the KG group. I know Shooter from the Pioneer Press had a note about him having some money people in Florida and California. I was told to look at China. Yeah, I'm sure KG has a group, but there just isn't any buzz that that group... Is any sort of front runner. I do think, though, whoever ends up with the wolves would be wise to bring KG in in some capacity. So let's say KG's group fails; they don't end up as the winning bidder. I do think whoever it might be—the Strauss group, the Wolf group, some other group—they would be wise to bring KG in in some capacity. I would not give him final say on on basketball matters. I would not make him president of basketball operations or anything like that. But I do think. That relationship needs to be mended. His jersey needs to hang in the rafters at Target Center. Whoever comes in and owns the Wolves needs to bring KG in in some sort of fashion. Limited partner, Meyer Orbach, who has real estate in downtown Minneapolis. He's a New Yorker, but he's got like 20% of the Wolves ownership right now. He still wants to be majority owner. I had somebody ask me, hey, you need to dig on... Orbach and Strauss potentially having a connection. Both are New York guys. Could Orbach and Strauss be part of that group? Yeah, Strauss being the main guy, but could Orbach be the number two guy in that group? So that's something I'm looking into, but I do know that Orbach remains heavily in the mix. I just don't have a sense that Glenn is willing to sell to Orbach if Orbach is the majority owner. I'll leave it at that. Bouncing all around, but continuing the NBA theme, Zeke Naji, Hopkins High School, University of Arizona, Pac-12 Freshman of the Year. He had a recent draft interview with the Philadelphia 76ers. He has now interviewed with 23 teams. Facundo Campazo, the Argentinian point guard who I've mentioned on this podcast before, he, well, put it this way, the momentum is there that he is coming to the NBA, that, that he is leaving the his team in Europe, that he will play for some NBA team next year. He's got some J.J. Barea in his game. He's like 29 or 30 years old. Yeah, do the Wolves have interest? Absolutely. Pablo Prigioni on the Wolves staff, an assistant to Ryan Saunders, was on the national team, the Argentina national team, with Campazo going back a bunch of years. Like, Prigioni knows Campazzo really well. Because of Prigioni, yeah, Campazzo is going to be on the Wolves' radar. I wouldn't be shocked if maybe the Wolves even eventually make an offer. I just don't think we're quite at that point. I think the Wolves want to see where they land on lottery night coming up on when is it August twentieth? Would it make any sense to maybe draft a point guard, depending on where they land in the draft? So I just think we need to kind of get past lottery night, get a sense of a better sense of what the Wolves are thinking, you know, heading into the October sixteenth draft. But yeah, I mean, with the momentum there that Campazzo is is coming to the NBA. I would just say, remember the name. I mean, he's absolutely on the Wolves' radar. TV ratings for the Twins, again, bouncing all around. My notes are scribbled here. TV ratings for the Twins have been really, really good. Like I saw last Sunday, they had double the amount of viewers. Now, different time slots, but double the amount of viewers of the Wild Playoff game. The Wild Playoff game numbers have been decent. Game one was good, Game two, okay, Game three, day game okay. You know, people care. I mean, undoubtedly people care, but like the twins are in a different stratosphere. Like when comparing the twins TV ratings to the wild TV ratings, it's a blowout. Way more people are paying attention to the twins. The wolves still hope for some sort of permission to play five on five at some point in September. Yeah. There's been talk of the NBA bringing the eight teams to Orlando because that bubble works. Heck the big 10 has kicked around the idea of maybe some sort of basketball bubble that would involve, obviously, the Gophers, right? But, like, a lot of ideas are being tossed about, right? Like, these sports executives need to do something right now. So a lot of ideas are being tossed about, but that doesn't mean that these ideas are actually going to come to fruition. I am still, just my sense from going back and forth with a couple people with with some of these eight teams that are not in Orlando, I get the sense that that I don't know if they want to go to Orlando. It wouldn't be mandatory. Like, if you're James Johnson, you're not going to Orlando. Heck, if you're Carl Anthony Towns, would you go? If you're D'Angelo Russell, would you go? If you're Malik Beasley, restricted free agent, would you go? I think it makes more sense, and this is just what the Wolves want. And they get tested daily just to allow five-on-five five at Mayo Clinic Square. So bring up some guys from the Iowa Wolves. You'd have Culver and Okogie. And you'd have Noel and Reed and McLaughlin and Keelan Martin and some of the other young guys and just get them some run this summer. I'm sure Layman would play. He's in town. Hernan Gomez has spent a lot of time at the facility this summer. I'm told he's not in town now. But I'm sure he would have some interest, even though he's a restricted free agent. So I guess he'd have to decide if he wants to put his body on the line, you know. But but some of the young guys, Hernan Gomez is not a good example, but some of the young guys, plus a guy like Layman, I could see I could see a bunch of guys saying, Yeah, let's play five on five. Let's get some competitive games in at Mayo Clinic Square. Let's go over film, you know, would have the the feel of of a real mini camp. I think that's what the Wolves ultimately are hoping for, that they get the green light from the NBA to do that. Any sort of four-team bubble like in Chicago that was thrown about, that's not happening. Or an eight-team bubble in Chicago, that's not happening. If a bubble happened, they would just bring the teams to Orlando because that's working. That, that scenario absolutely is working. But I don't know if we'll get to that point with the Wolves heading to Orlando for competition against these seven other teams. I just think hopefully at some point the Wolves just get the green light to play five-on-five at Mayo Clinic Square. All right, let me empty out my bag of interviews. I have a bunch, but I won't get to all of them here. But let me start with Gophers basketball coach, men's basketball coach, Richard Pitino. I talked to him right before the Marcus Carr decision. I certainly asked him about, you know, questions, you know, concerning, you know, Marcus being on the team next year. Like I asked him about the potential starting five of Carr, Kausher, Gotch, Brandon Johnson, and Liam Robbins. So I talked as if Marcus would be back. But just keep in mind that this conversation took place before Marcus Carr officially made up his mind that he would be heading back to the U for his redshirt junior season. This interview took place a few days into summer workouts. Here's my recent conversation with Richard Patino. Richard, always appreciate your time. We're now, what, multiple days into into workouts. A long time coming, I guess. Just how, how are things going?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's good, I, you know, for me, it's very, very important that I understand that that the team understands this is optional. Um, if you don't feel safe, if you don't feel comfortable, if you've got a better setup at home, like I'm good. You know, I mean, I think uh, for all of us, um, safety is the most important thing, you know, I, as a coach, you're, you're constantly trying to get your players to understand that we're in this together. There's so much unknown down the road, but they just want to get in the gym, you know, and it's it's been fun to be able to work with them.
0: On the safety part, Richard, I mean, how much are you just harping to these guys about, not only are they accountable for themselves, but I mean, they're on campus, they're they're out and about, but maybe they shouldn't be out and about that, that it's not just them, they're accountable to all their teammates.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel, I feel horrible for them because, you know, we all remember college as kind of the the best time of our life right I mean, I mean i certainly i'm happy married three kids and so on but you know college was fun and um you never ever thought about not doing something because of a pandemic um so trying to explain to them that like you said i mean you know as 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 governors started easing up right and we were all kind of stay at home you have your group of friends that you'd hang out with and you do play dates with and so on but you knew what they were doing right and that's the important thing for our players to understand is you know, keep that circle really, really tight. And you know, if it's a couple of guys or girls or whatever you're hanging out with, just know where they're going. Um, and hey, if one of your friends went to California, came back, keep your distance. You know, th- there's certain things that you know, we're trying to educate the guys on doing to the best of their ability. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's weird, it's challenging um i think the hardest part for everybody is we just don't know a lot you know and and so it truly is about their safety their well-being our staff everybody um because it's just too much unknown
0: so uh, we are in this together and uh our guys have been pretty good about pretty receptive so what's allowed are you specifically in the gym or is it just your assistants is it just one-on-one right now like what what is allowed when you're in that practice facility, Jim? Well, what
1: what we've done um, is we've broken it up into two groups. And the groups are who lives with each other. So that if, because of this contact tracing stuff, you know, if, if, if one of the guys gets sick, they're probably going to have to all quarantine in that group. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know if it's perfect or not. I think a lot of basketball coaches are doing it. Um, seems to be pretty consistent. You know, and, and it's... Uh, it, it's been good. I mean, it's 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 been good to be able to get back on the court. Um, and again, like I said, there's something about just these guys want to be here, you know. And the guys that aren't here, I still trust. I mean, it's 2020. Guys got workout guys. They got access to gym uh, gyms. You know, they don't need me to work on their game. So it's um uh, but it has worked out well. We're doing um, four you know four hours a week in the gym, uh, which has been good. And they've been able to get in the weight room as well. And you know, use the training room and things like that.
0: So who's not here? Is it is it Mashburn Jr., Mutoff, Carr, and Johnson? Are those the four that are not here? Correct.
1: Yes. Yeah. You know, and all of them are a little bit different. Brandon's finishing up school. We're, we're hoping for next week he'll be down. Uh, you know, Mashburn, he's just in that state right now where the numbers are really, really high. So I spoke with him and his father. I mean, he, he works his butt off like he doesn't. And Marcus is the same way. like he's got a great situation as well. And the David obviously with all the Turkey uh, things are going on, you know, there, there's so much red tape and so on. So uh, we feel, we feel, uh, you know, as it pertains to David and Brandon um, hopefully they'll be here soon. David might take a little bit longer um, again with Mashburn. Like I, I don't, there's no rush to get him up here and with Marcus as well. Like I, I've made it so clear to those guys, like this is voluntary we're here for you If you don't feel comfortable stay where you're at we'll be fine
0: yeah i mean i'm with you i mean all these guys have pro aspirations whether realistic or not i mean they're going to work their asses off i wouldn't yeah i hear you there you you have nothing to worry about on david though like when he gets here presumably will he have to quarantine for for like two weeks if not longer i don't know the exact date
1: my assumption would be it'd be 10 to 14 days coming from out of the country i don't i don't know if each country's are different or whatever but yeah, he would. Um, just like Canada as well. You know, I mean, that, that's different. Um, so I think every country is a little bit different and uh, we'll have to figure it out. But, you know, it's like I said, I mean, you kind of throw the, as crazy as it sounds, the competitive juices out the window for now. Um, because, you know, you're normally in a rush get them all here, get them all here. We got to put in our offense, we got to put in our defense. Now it's like, listen, you know, I'm happy that these guys are tasting this right now, that they're here and they're. They're kind of seeing what this process may look like, from testing, and quarantining, and isolating, and how to operate. You know, I mean, obviously, the, the, the campus isn't even that close to full, um, but just being smart about it. And then maybe they can talk to the guys that aren't here and, and going to go from there.
0: Of the guys that are here, I guess, uh, Eric Curry. Let me start with Eric. How How is Eric doing?
1: Well, we're, we've. We're moving slow with him. You know, we were going to do that regardless of, of COVID hitting. Um, you know, he wouldn't have been full go uh, anyway, but he looks good. I mean, he looks good. He's, he's uh, you know, the rest has been very beneficial for him. Um, now he's all about his rehab, you know, and I know he's, he's excited. I mean, it's, uh, he's very, very important uh, to what we're doing, you know, but it's very, very important for us to mentally and physically understand. We need to be patient with him. Um, so the silver lining has probably been that. Uh, like, it's forced us to do that. But he looks good. He, he looks good. And, uh, you know, if if things progress in the world, uh, it'll be good to get him back on the court, get him those live reps in the fall.
0: Another if, I mean, if Liam Robbins and Booth Gotch can, can be eligible right away. I mean, I have to imagine, even in these small group settings, just being in the gym with those guys, they have to be pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, extremely impressive, uh, easily. I feel like we had the best spring recruiting class of anybody in the country. I really do. I mean, we absolutely, our staff did an unbelievable job. Um, Liam, in my opinion, may be the best transfer out there, has a chance to play in the NBA. Uh, He's legitimately all of seven feet. Uh, He's skilled. He can knock down a three. He's got post moves. He plays hard. Uh, Yeah, I mean, very, very fortunate to get him. Obviously, the Ed Conroy connection was huge there and having Hunt and everybody. But, you know, part of what I loved about the way that worked out was I hired Ed because I love Ed, and I think he's a really good coach, and I think he's a really good recruiter. And then, you know, four or five years down the line, we do it the right way. All of a sudden now, like like I love, I love when things like that work out. Um, but really, really has a chance to be special. Um, Booth, same thing. You know, I mean, Booth and we and we totally anticipate both of them getting the waivers. Now we're living in this insane world of unknowns everywhere, uh, but we do anticipate they both get it. We feel like there's precedent. We feel like it makes sense. Um, But Booth the same way. I mean, just much like a Gabe type worker, you know, just lives in the gym, works his butt off, has a really good capacity to work hard and to fight through fatigue. Um, With Peyton leaving, I mean, it was so important to add the right piece. I thought we did a great job as a staff of not panicking, staying patient. I think a lot of staffs are going to have to start doing that. Um, It's not a bad thing to have a couple scholarships in the spring anymore with all the volatility and all the uncertainty, especially when the waiver rule changes. Whenever that does happen, um, it's going to get even crazier. So uh, really
0: added some good pieces. I think Booth and,
1: and Liam will be impact guys for sure.
0: I mean, I'm thinking, I mean, if those guys, Richard, gain, you know, immediate eligibility, I mean, a starting five of Carr, and we can get to Carr in a second, whether he stays in the draft or not, but Marcus, Gabe, Booth, Johnson, Robbins, I mean, that's a solid starting five. Mashburn off the bench, other guys, maybe Martise can help you immediately. I mean, you think about, you know, the kid that came from overseas last year, you know, Enon, that that presumably will take a step in his second year. I mean, you've got some depth, and I think you've got a pretty solid starting five. Well,
1: I think we, we've got to, you know, again, if all things work out, which you just never know, but um, I think it would be probably one of our most talented, deepest rosters, to be honest with you. Um, even when you look back at last year's team, as I look at that team like we really were not that far off. Um, and, and as crazy as it sounds, we were sitting in 15 and 16. I thought if we got to 17 wins and make the NCAA tournament, that would have been three and four years. Um, We had such a tough schedule. We lost a couple of close ones, a couple of heartbreakers, you know, but we really were not, we were right there. Um, And now you got pieces where Marcus, Gabe, Trey, Isaiah, um, with some talented pieces that we've added. Um, You know, I'm very, very cautiously excited about it because we don't, and nobody really knows what the future holds. But if, and a big if, if, if those guys get the waiver, um, if Marcus decides to come back, if the season happens,
0: you know all those things. I think we'd have a really good team. You know, what, on the season happening, I mean, what what is your confidence level that we will have some semblance of a season? I have I have, I have no idea about anything anymore. I'm with you. <laughs> um, I agree.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess the biggest thing I would say is you know if if this time has done one thing for me. We all, everybody in every walk of life, worry too much about the past and have too much anxiety about the future. Like we have no idea what the future holds, none. I'm living for today. Like I've been able to work out my guys four days in a row. I've loved it. I've enjoyed it. I've gotten you know so much great time with my family, gotten to meet some new friends that I've become close with. Uh, I'm, I'm trying not to think about it because Like, I was talking to a coach in the Big Ten earlier. He goes, well, you got a really good, you know, attitude about this. I said, what is there to – what can we do? Like, nobody knows. You know, what we can do is we can do our part, right? We're wearing masks, uh, social distancing, all those things we can do. Um, But we don't know. I'm hopeful. Obviously, football is kind of the first thing on the docket in those fall sports. And, you know, even, even more so, we all love sports, right? And now NHL and NBA and baseball are coming back. Um, but I hate it for these college kids, their, their, their experiences. I mean, our season was still alive last year, and it just got shut down. You know, March Madness, Big Ten tournament, those are fun times. So uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I do know this. I do know that the presidents, the ADs, the coaches, because I, I think it's lost some time, and, and I'm defending coaches. Sometimes people forget, like, we make great money. I know the players should get more. They don't. Most of us really, really care about our players deeply. And if there's something that's positive maybe out of this is I think they're seeing that we really
0: do care about them. Um, so whatever decisions are made, it's going to be about the well-beings of the student-athletes. What about your dad's idea? I mean, have you had some healthy dialogue with your dad? I mean, every time I look at Twitter, I think he's tweeting about it, about the idea of what, January and just kind of pushing things off for a couple months? Well, I think that um, I, I guess
1: there's a couple of ways to look at it. And this is philosophically when dealing with a pandemic, uh, obviously vaccine would substantially help all of us resume our lives. Right. Or there is there, so would that be January 1st? Like that's kind of where I was asking my dad, like, what, what I makes don't you think you can decide January 1st? What if it yeah. happens in December? You know, so I, I think that there's some logic to that. Um, but you just don't. What if it hap- What if it's released January twentieth? You know, New Year's is not the date for all these epidemiologists or whatever. Um, where can we create a bubble? Uh, you know, so I I don't mind the idea, and it's totally we're just talking. But when everybody goes home after Thanksgiving, and they're gone for that December, January, can basketball figure out something in that time when students aren't on campus? uh it, it becomes substantially trickier when students are on campus because of the contract tracing st- contact tracing stuff uh you know it and then you gotta look at that How, if, if if we're scrimmaging five on five on thursday and we have a game saturday and one guy gets it he's going to come in contact with the whole team um so there's so many unknowns it, it's complicated it's complex um, I want to coach. I, 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 it's been good for me mentally to realize how much I miss it, how much I love it. Because sometimes you forget about the pressure and the stress and things you don't like about it. Uh, I want to be out there with our guys, but I want to make sure we're safe doing it. So I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't think college basketball coaches should be making the decision. I think health experts
0: should be making the decision. Um, and I know they'll do what's what's best for those guys. I mean, realistically speaking, I mean, January would be really aggressive for a vaccine. Just from reading stuff, and you're right. I mean, what the heck do I know about that? But I'm just saying, right? I mean, it's got to go through so many different testing, and you know, just that seems really, really aggressive. So you're right. Like January is just sort of an arbitrary, you know, time to throw out there. Hey, let's start the season. Yeah, yeah, and and again, it's it's it's
1: there's so many different schools of thoughts that are going into this. I mean, it's it's um, I do know we because because. Nobody wants to be the first sport, right, to do it. Well, we've seen what the NBA – now, they're not done yet, and the NHL is trying to do, and I think soccer – I don't I don't follow soccer as much, but I think it's been somewhat successful with that bubble. You know, you have got to find a way, regardless of vaccine, because I'm, I'm with you, like, when's the vaccine going to come, and, you know, whatever. Uh, you got to find a way to create a bubble. You've got to find a way to increase testing. Uh, but then – The biggest thing is is if Minnesota is playing, I I don't know, Florida International, and we're testing hypothetically four times a week, and they're only doing it once a month, our guy's probably not going to feel safe. So is there something we can do where there's uniform testing? I I don't know. Um, But we got to make sure that we do right for the student athletes. We got to do right by the refs. We
0: got to do right by the coaches. We got anyone that's there, we got to make sure that we're protecting them. I'll hit you with three more on Marcus. I mean, any sense if he's closer to, to some sort of decision? I mean, what's the date? Is it is it August? It's 3rd August.
1: You... Uh, August third is the date. So I mean, for all of us, that's more around the corner than we think. You know, I mean, the fall is almost here. Um, it, my biggest thing with 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 Amir, with Daniel, and now Marcus. Um, if you need help, I'm here. But you're going to go through your process mentally. Um, Marcus' situation is much different than Amir's because Amir was able to have workouts, and the NBA is trying to figure out their deal right now. Like, um, so it's a, it's it's way more challenging. I think a lot of these student athletes, Marcus, they're trying to figure out what what are they coming back to. You know, I mean, it's it's is there going to be a G League? You know, maybe there's not going to be a G League. Maybe there's, um, you know, so he, he certainly knows that if he wants our input. Uh, we're here for them, you know. The best part about all three of those guys has been they haven't gone rogue on us. Where you call them, you can't hear from them. You know, when we call them, they 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 answer. They I'm not telling them what to do by any means. I'm just saying, hey, listen, we're here for you. So, I mean, August 3rd's around the corner. Uh, who knows? Maybe that date gets pushed back. You don't know. Um, but we want what's we want what's best for them. I mean, I think um, it's 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 cool to see. We've been to two NCAA tournaments three years. Now I'm watching Amir Coffey on NBA TV yesterday playing with the Clippers. That's awesome to see. Uh, Daniel Arturo potentially could be, who knows, a lottery pick. You know, it, it's, it hasn't maybe happened as quickly as we all want it all the time, uh, but there's some really, really good things happening here. And, uh, you know, if Marcus does decide to come back and things in the world progress, I really, really like the roster a lot.
0: I'm with you on Daniel. Is is your phone ringing off the hook pretty pretty constantly from NBA teams? I mean, I would think a lot of these NBA front offices now things change with the with the bubble now existing in Orlando. But I have to imagine going yeah. back to April, May, June. I mean, these front offices had more time than ever. So have they been calling well, you a lot? Yeah, I mean, you you get phone calls, but it's like anything else. It's not
1: the normal process by any means. I mean, I, I had um, when I was at Louisville, Florida, we certainly had our. Um, big list of pros and we're working on it here. Um, I think the process is so different now. Um, I do think that those GMs are, they're so locked in on the bubble right now. Right. Um, but we had some good conver conversations earlier. Um, I think he's got a chance, uh, you know, to sneak in that lottery. I, I wish he could get workouts. I think he'd really impress people. Uh, I know he's working his butt off. I know that he would give a great interview cause he's a great kid. Um, you know, like, I think he checks all those boxes. I just, it's like anything else, there's just so many unknowns. Uh, maybe that's positive for him, I don't i don't know. Uh, but I, the, the guys that I've spoken to uh, have been very, very intrigued about him. And they should be, because he's got an
0: NBA-type game. You know, I mean, it, what he does translates to the NBA. I'll leave you with this one known is St. Thomas. I don't know how close you are with Johnny Tower, but St. Thomas, we know that, what, in the fall, winter of, of 2021, Finally, the state of Minnesota is getting a second Division one team. How how happy are you for, for the Tommies? Well, I think there was an
1: article. I know I know Johnny well. I like him a lot. Um, and there was an article, I forget what newspaper it was, where basically John Tower gets all the Minnesota kids. He's going to win every game possible. And I just forwarded it to him and I said, ha-ha, you have to deal with this now. It's not all on me anymore. Um, and he started laughing. So uh, he'll, he'll do great. I mean, I... When I first took the job, I I couldn't believe a state as big as Minnesota only had one division one team. It it makes no sense, Um, you know, so I think it's great for them. Um, I've always wanted to, whether it's through coaches versus cancer, incorporate more of these, you know, basketball programs to get involved in certain things. So obviously with St. Thomas right there, that'll make a lot of sense for us to be able to work together on a lot of things. Um, You know, I know it's gonna be a process for them, Right. I mean, it's gonna take some time and you're doing that during a pandemic as well. Uh, So I would just tell all the St. Thomas fans, be patient. I mean, John, he'll get it going, you know, but when you jump up, it takes a little bit of time, but, but he he certainly knows what he's doing. It's a great school. Um, They've got a lot of pride over there. It's a beautiful campus. So I know they'll have a lot to sell.
0: No, I think just from an attention standpoint, just it's more of a spotlight on on the Twin Cities as a whole. And realistically, Richard, I mean, you're high major, that's mid major. I can't imagine you guys would be competing for a lot of recruits. No, I mean, I think it's um, you
1: know, I think it's like anything else. I mean, we'll have our niche of where we try to recruit. They're they're going to try to build what they're doing. Um, you know, so it's gonna like anything else. It's going to take time for them. I mean, John's a phenomenal coach. I know their AD is really, really good. I know they're pouring in a lot of resources. These things just don't happen overnight. I think we have a lot to sell. I think they have a lot to sell, and, and that's, that's good. You know, I mean, that, that's good for, tw- for college basketball. I, I think um, when I moved here, I was stunned. I thought this was a hockey state. I had no idea, not even that there's good high school basketball, but the interest level. I, they, they love it. Um, uh, they absolutely love basketball and, and as they should, it's a great sport and it's a great sport to follow. So another college basketball team, uh, in the twin cities is good for everybody.
0: State of hockey is one heck of a marketing slogan. Certainly there are a lot of hockey fans in this state, but doing this now 23 years, there are many ways to quantify it, whether it's TV ratings, you know, clicks on web stories, whatever it might be. I'm just telling you my senses doing this 23 years here in the Twin Cities, metropolitan area, there are more basketball fans than hockey fans. Basketball interest in the Twin Cities remains incredibly high. In the event you fast forward this podcast, got to the Richard Patino interview, now we're picking up where I'm talking right now. That interview was done before Marcus Carr made the news official. It wasn't surprising. I think we all expected going back many, many weeks that Marcus Carr would eventually return to the U. So Marcus made it official after that conversation I had with Richard Patino. All right, let me continue the Gopher basketball theme. I was in the gym a couple weeks ago with Gabe Kausher. Gabe Kausher was at a workout at Benilde St. Margaret's High School with pro. Quinton Hooker, the former Park Center star, Mr. Basketball, going back a few years. He just signed with a team in Germany. His younger brother is Amani Hooker, Tennessee Titans safety, and Brad Davison, Wisconsin guard, was also in the gym that particular day. Here is my conversation with Gabe Kauscher, Gophers, junior guard out of De La Salle High School. (laughs) Gabe, what are some things you're focusing on this summer as you're in the gym with Reed? Yeah, just um, really uh,
2: change the speed, just uh, slow to fast, um, some moves, and just feeling like really comfortable with the ball as well, and also getting my, uh, my explosiveness up a little bit. As you look back at year two in Maroon and Gold, I guess what what stands out? Um, it was a it was a good year. I mean, we had a, we had a we had a great we had a great team. Um, I mean, there were there was some little some little some little things we could have grown on. Um, as well but I mean as a, as a whole I mean I feel like I feel like at the end of the year we were we were coming together and and too bad it had a had a had an end to too
0: shortly did you feel like your shot was coming together too like you shot the ball really well as a freshman yeah. right yeah. really good freshman year the shooting numbers dipped a little bit year two but you know as we got into like early March as you guys got to the Big Ten tournament did you feel like maybe your shooting was was getting back to the level you're you're used to
2: yeah for sure yeah for sure I feel like I feel like my shot was 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 on point um, coming at the end of
0: the year for sure What's the balance of like? We know how how elite your work ethic is. Like you would be in the gym for 12 hours a day if you could be, right? Yeah. You ran cross country right in high school. Like yeah, track, You'll yeah. run, yeah. So I mean, you'll do the distant running. You'll be in the gym. Like you're just gonna work your butt off. But clearly, you don't want to overdo it. So what's what's that fine line like where you want to get work in this summer but not overdo it?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I really just read my body. I mean, if my body's tired, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it easy. But I mean, if, if my body's good and I, I feel good, I mean I've been using a massage gun to um, take out some knots in, in my body that have been tight, so that's helped a lot. Um, but yeah, if my, if my body's feeling good, I'm gonna I'm gonna work out. I'm gonna I don't want to push myself too much to, to
0: prevent injury as well. Have you thought about Booth, Gotch, and Liam Robbins maybe being eligible immediately? And like I'm thinking of a starting five of Marcus. I think Marcus will be back. Marcus, you gotch johnson robbins like that's a pretty good five so
2: yeah for sure yeah it's a, it's a really it's a really good five seed if, if they're if they're both if they're both eligible and hopefully hopefully they're they're both um eligible and they can play that'll help us a lot have you been on some zoom calls with the team getting to know those guys yeah yeah for sure yeah we've had we had uh um a few a few zoom calls with, with the guys and so it was nice uh nice to introduce ourselves and, and um and get to know them as well When's the plan to be back on campus to get workouts in over there? Uh, supposedly next week, everyone's supposed to be back on campus, and then we're supposed to start workouts um, um, as soon as possible.
0: I mean, are you looking forward to that, getting
2: back there? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for the competition to start up because, I mean, I've just been, I've been doing a lot of uh, on my own workouts, so it would be nice to compete with some other people as well.
0: Have you had a chance to get tested? I mean, obviously all athletes are going to be tested. Yeah. Have you had a chance to go over there and get tested? Yeah, yeah, I, was testing, yeah I was tested negative. So Okay, so, so yeah. good. So yeah. you're good to go, and yeah, as far as you know, I think... Unless I'm wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure you guys, basketball-wise, are, yeah, we're yeah. okay. Yep. Yeah. yeah I, feel, I mean, I hope I hope we have a, a complete season. That'd be that'd be great. What about just some of the conversations with Coach Patino this off season and some of the things he's been telling you specifically?
2: Uh, yeah, he's just been saying um, just uh, he's just been checking up on me, see how I'm doing, see if I've been in the gym, and he knows for sure I've been in the gym, getting workouts in. But uh, yeah, he's just he's just been been um, here and there, um, checking up on me. Um, I've, I've been checking up check, checking up on him, and we, we, we built a, a good relationship as well.
0: Let's go after this. Daniel Oturo, somebody you know incredibly well. You guys came into to school together. What, what sort of pro do you think Daniel will make? I think he's going to be a really good pro,
2: yeah, for sure. Um, he, he has the skill. Um, he's he's putting in a lot of work um, this offseason. I know I know he's in California right now um, working out with uh, Trey Jones, so um, I'm, I'm, I'm great to see um, where he's at and where he's headed.
0: Daniel Oturo will begin his interviews with NBA teams. Very, very soon. That was my recent conversation with Gabe Kauscher. He works out with Reed Osi, local trainer. Reed works out Andrew Wiggins when Wiggins is in town, Kerwin Walton, just a bunch of different guys. I mentioned Davison, Hooker, Kauscher. He works out Jake Lehman. He's worked out Hernan Gomez this summer. So Reed Osi, really good guy, good basketball trainer. Here in the Twin Cities. All right, let's keep the basketball theme going with my conversations here. Late last week, I caught up with Tyrell Terry, De La Salle High School, spent the one year at Stanford. He is keeping his name in the NBA draft. Not a surprise. I think he has a realistic chance to go late first round. Here is my conversation from the other day with Tyrell Terry. So, Tyrell, sure. just take us through the thought process. You know, I mean, was it an easy decision or was it a tough decision?
3: Um, it was definitely a tough decision, you know, um, taking into consideration what's going on in the world right now, you know, with the virus, um, not really knowing what's going to happen with, you know, college basketball um, or even the NBA as far as whether it's going to be a bubble or not. Um, so it was a very tough decision to make. I'm going to take a lot of, uh, you know, careful consideration.
0: How about this? Like, I'll frame it this way. If you knew, everything you just laid out, Tyrell, if you knew, there was going to be 100% of college basketball season. Do you still make this decision?
3: Um, for me personally, I do still make this decision. Um, you know, I think it's something that I'm ready for. Um, and something that I'm excited for. Um, and, you know, I was talking with family and friends um, and this was the right decision for me to make at this time.
0: Why are you ready? What has you convinced that undoubtedly you are ready?
3: You know, just the steady improvement I've had um, since my freshman year of high school. Um, you know, my freshman year of high school, I was cut from varsity right away. Um, I was later called up that year, but just a steady improvement I've had every year since then uh, makes me confident in my abilities um, for, you know, you know, the future ahead in the NBA.
0: Is an, another part of, of the why equation, Tyrell, that, that you interviewed with, and, and you'll continue to interview, but you've already interviewed with a lot of teams, and it sounds like the feedback has been, has been thumbs up.
3: Uh, yeah, that's, that's correct. I, you know, I've done uh, 26 interviews thus far. Um, You know, I've gotten positive feedback to where, you know, I feel confident in staying in the draft this year.
0: I mean, is there even a sense, Tyro, that that you think you can end up going in the first round?
3: Um, You know, I do believe that. Um, You know, I guess, you know, we won't really know until, you know, draft night. But, um, you know, I have received some positive feedback, and, you know, anything's possible. So, I guess we'll wait to see in October.
0: You mentioned, you know, what took place your, your freshman year in high school. Like, even just a year ago, if we had talked late July of last year, and I told you one year from now, you'd be keeping your name in the NBA draft. What would you have told me?
3: Um, I probably would have told you you're crazy. Um, you know, my life has changed completely, completely in a year. Um, and I've talked to my friends about that and my family, and it's, it's been, you know, a blessing. and It's been kind of surreal, but, um, you know, I'm very grateful for it all. And, um, you know, I'm just going to see where it takes me.
0: Was there always a thought, though, I mean, as you started to, you know, ascend with, with D1 Minnesota, kicking serious tail at De La you know, maybe as a 10th, 11th grader, did you foresee being able to play professional basketball at some point?
3: Um, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I wasn't quite sure when it would be. Um, you know, I wasn't 100% positive I was going to be, you know, one and done. But um, you know, the, definitely when I got to, you know, my upperclassman years at De La Salle, you know, I kind of realized that, um, you know, I definitely can play professionally one day. And um, you know, I've had some success, you know, the last couple of years, and um, it's got me to this point. So, you um, know, like I said, it's going to see where it takes me.
0: Who are some of the family and friends that you leaned on for advice? You talked about, you know, leaning on your friends and family for advice throughout this process. Who are some of those individuals?
3: Um, well, the main person is my mom. Um, you know, that's the person who I talk to about pretty much everything. Um, but also coach Jay, I'm at D over at D one Minnesota. I'm very close with him. Um, and also coach Todd Anderson, um, at D Lasalle. Like, those are some people that, you know, I've really had long discussions with and have leaned on for support and advice, uh, during this process.
0: Are you still in Indianapolis training?
3: I am. What's that
0: been like? I mean, and have you already seen some some noticeable difference?
3: Um, yeah, I've seen you know a lot of difference in my game um, since I've been here. I've gotten to go against some some pros, both NBA and overseas, um, and even some you know uh, draft um, you know entrance this year. Uh, I've gotten to go against some of them too. So um, it's been a great experience thus far, and um, I've seen uh, you know a lot of improvement in my game, and um, and you know I'm gonna keep doing that until um, you know the draft night, and then. After that, continue and improve. After that, as well.
0: Who are some of the names you know in terms of NBA guys and some of the some of the draft eligible guys?
3: Um, so I played against you know Jeff Teague, uh, Marcus Teague. Uh, you know those brothers. Um, you know I've also played against Keelan Martin, uh, who's also who's a member of the Timberwolves. Um, got to go against Desmond Bain, who's a member of this draft class. Um, you know those are a couple of guys uh, that you know to name a few.
0: I'll let you go after this. Was it a highlight to be able to interview with with the hometown Timberwolves?
3: Yeah, actually, it was a great interview. Um, I had a really good time. Um, you know, I really clicked with them. Um, and, you know, it's you know it's a place that I would love to play. Um, so, like I said, you know, we'll see on draft night what happens. But um, that was definitely a highlight to you know interview with the hometown team. It was it was great.
0: And then one more. We talked about this last time, but I'll hit you on it again. I mean, just how cool is it? I mean, you and Trey Jones and Zeke Naji and Daniel Oturu, four guys from from the Twin Cities, have a legitimate chance to all go in the first round.
3: Yeah, it's amazing, you know, um, just trying to put Minnesota on the map. Um, you know, we've been able to do that for the past couple of years, but, um, you know, when the world sees, uh, you know, four, four guys um, in the draft this year, um, uh, potentially going in the first round, uh, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll take notice. And so um, that's great for us. And, you know, we also have um, some great high school and college uh, players from Minnesota coming up. And um, I think it's great for the state of Minnesota um, to get this type of exposure.
0: Tyrell Terry, and I should mention Freddie Gillespie from Eastridge High School, Baylor. He went to Division Three Carlton, then went on to Baylor. Freddie Gillespie has a chance to get drafted, more so in the second round. So the way I framed that question to Tyrell was the four Minnesotans that have a realistic chance to go in the first round. My sense is Freddie won't go first round, but Freddie has a chance to go in the second round. I was in the gym With Freddie on Thursday, I'll bring my conversation with Freddie to you on a future podcast. He is working out over the next handful of days with J.D. Jones, Trey's older brother, Tyus' older brother. Over at Training House, Freddie looks phenomenal. He moves so well for a big man. So Freddie is going to make money playing basketball. I just wanted to lay it out there, though, that the way I framed that question was specific because Tyrell and the other three have a real chance to go in the first round. But do not sleep On Freddie Gillespie, he has interviewed with over 15 teams, so over half the league, including... The Hometown Wolves. Another player that's interviewed with the Hometown Wolves is Zeke Naji from Hopkins High School and the University of Arizona, the Pac-12 Freshman of the Year. He was home recently. He's training right now at Impact Basketball in Vegas. He was home a few weeks ago for a few days. I caught up with Zeke when he was home. Let me now bring you that conversation. It is a little bit dated, but I think all the talking points are still applicable. That, that They still make sense here in this particular podcast. So here's my recent chat. With Zeke Naji. Zeke, the last time we connected in this environment was like mid-March. It was right after the NCAA tournament was yeah. canceled. Actually, at that point, you hadn't officially declared for for the NBA draft. So, I guess just pick up your story from that time that we connected in mid-March until now. What has kept you busy?
4: Yeah. Um, well, me and my family. We talked a lot. Talked to my coach at Arizona, and uh, after a lot of talk and uh, prayer, we came to the conclusion that it was in my best interest to declare. And so, the declared really, I was here for a little bit, maybe about a month and a half, and I've been training. I found a, a private gym where I was able to practice that, pri- uh, practicing all the necessary like procedures. But, um, yeah, I mean, I was practicing shooting a couple times a day, lifting. And about a month ago, I moved out to Las Vegas, and I've been working with the uh, Joe Bounasar, and that's been great because he's uh, super experienced and knows what it takes to be great at the NBA level. So I've been getting a lot of different tips and working a lot with him, and I think that's been really helpful for me.
0: Is the plan to be out there with Joe until just about, I mean, the draft is now pushed back until, what, October 16th? Is is the plan to be out there until at least sometime in October?
4: Yeah, definitely. I'm going to be out there as long as I can because when I'm out there, I'm I'm learning so much, and it's helping me a lot. So I'm going to be out there as long as I can. Specifically, what are you learning? Um, just like different fundamentals for shooting, how to move differently, move more efficiently, um, getting stronger too. I think just they have everything that I need there for me to be successful.
0: I mean, Joe is trained. I mean, you know the list better than I do. But like Kyle Lowry, I mean, yep. the list is it's yeah. plentiful. I mean, he's trained so many guys that yeah. that have had you know bountiful NBA careers. So I mean, what's it like just being in the presence of greatness?
4: Yeah, I mean. It's incredible because you know, he's such a humble guy and I don't know, I mean, he, he has so much knowledge and you can literally ask about anything. He has so many stories. And I mean, it's great being around him. Cause I, I just learned so much from him. And so, I mean, this opportunity that I have to be working with him, I'm, I'm very grateful for it.
0: How many weeks out there so far?
4: Uh, about four weeks.
0: Okay, and, and home now for, for the 4th of July holiday. So even in, in these four weeks, I mean, are there noticeable you know, gains in, in your game that, that you can point to and say, okay, like I know even in four weeks time, I've improved here,
4: here, here. Yeah, definitely, I mean. I mean, obviously I feel like I've gotten a lot stronger. I put on a lot of good weight um, I'm about 245 right now. I was at about like 233, 232 after the season. So I've added a um, quite a few pounds, but um, all feels like it's good weight. I'm still just as quick and even quicker in terms of lateral quickness, but uh, my shooting I feel like has definitely improved a lot. Um, I think that's something I wasn't able to show as much at Arizona because they didn't feel like that was my role, but I think that uh, my shooting is definitely something that's going to surprise a lot of NBA teams. And um, yeah, I mean, even just it's been four weeks, just a month, but I feel like I'm going to be there a couple more months, and that's going to be really beneficial for me.
0: Just have your agent send the video of you winning the Iverson Classic three-point contest to all the teams, right? I mean, it was was like a year ago. I mean, you won a three-point
4: contest. Yeah, I mean, I know. I feel like sometimes that's what people forget. And so I definitely feel like I'm a capable shooter. So just got to show these NBA teams I can really shoot it. All
0: right, so you weigh 245. Is that about, like, the target weight? Like, when's the next time you're going to play in a game? Probably December. Yeah. Uh, But, like, when you play in your first NBA game in December, is 245 about the ideal
4: weight? Yeah, definitely. Two forty-five is where I want to be. I, I still want to be quick and have m- my quickness, because I think that that helps me give an advantage over some of the bigger guys. But I still want to be strong enough to to bang with those bigger guys and be able to take that beating.
0: As you look at the way the NBA game has evolved, even in the last couple of years, like how do you see yourself? Like stretch four, maybe even a stretch five, depending on matchups.
4: Yeah, definitely. I I definitely envision myself as that stretch four. Um, maybe I can I can go and guard the five, but. My ideal position for me would be the four. Um, being able to step out, shoot that three, take advantage of mismatches, being able to switch on the guards. Really, the biggest thing for me is versatility and using my versatility to take advantage of the mismatches that I'm given.
0: Who are some of the well-known players that are also in the gym in Vegas with you right now?
4: Yeah, some of the well-known players. Um, I mean, Malachi Richardson, I work out with him almost every day, but uh, Amir Johnson, I think he's the backup center for 76ers, so he's been out there, and there are a couple other guys too
0: i think christian wood too right yeah
4: christian wood there yeah he's there as well. i mean
0: is it is it just great i mean whether it's amir or or christian just leaning on those guys like christian is come october he's going to hit the jackpot yeah i mean what's it like just being able to be in in the presence of those guys and if you have questions be able to lean on them
4: no it's great because you know they they've been through it they know what it takes to be good at that level and you know they're they're willing to help me out and willing to teach me things that i might not know and I mean, it's been great have, being able to work alongside them and pick up some, some tricks that you don't know, really, that, that only you can get from being in the NBA. So um, I'm really enjoying my experience there.
0: Speaking of in, enjoying your experiences, I mean, how many interviews, virtual interviews, have you, have you done with front offices so far?
4: Uh, I've, done, I've done quite a few, I think. Maybe, definitely, probably around 18, something like that. But I've, I've done a, quite a few.
0: How enjoyable are those?
4: Yeah, I mean, they're they're enjoyable because I'm I don't know, i do not have anything to hide. It's just I just go out and talk to the teams, get to know them. They get to know me. So I feel like it's a fun experience for me and uh, get to know these teams, see who works in their front office. I think it's great.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, some people might say Darren Dukes. I mean, that would be stressful for a player, <laughs> but like I'm thinking just knowing your personality, you're right. There's nothing to hide. Yeah. So why not? I mean, you may end up interviewing with a lot of these teams a second or third time in the coming months, but why not plant those seeds right now and show them what you're all about?
4: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, just let them, yeah, exactly. As you said, let them know what I'm about and get my name out there. Let them be familiar with who I am and what kind of person I am. And I think that having more interviews could only be beneficial for me.
0: What sorts of questions are they asking
4: you? I mean, a whole bunch of things from how the season went, um, what I'm working on right now, um, just like things about childhood as well. I mean, they, they really ask about everything cause they, um, they, they do a lot of investigation on you even before they come to the interview.
0: Do they put you through some like IQ tests and stuff too?
4: Some, sometimes they'll ask you some, some, some like IQ questions, but not, not very often.
0: Do they ever ask you questions to like try to throw you off your game? Like something that's just way out there?
4: Um, I've heard that they do that, but I haven't experienced that personally. Um, so, I mean, everything's been going well for me. Is
0: there any interview that, that stands out in particular? Maybe somebody in somebody's front office that that it was like, whoa, that was really cool to be able to talk to that person. Like I'm thinking like, you know, like for me, you know, growing up, you know, enjoying some of those old Celtics teams like Danny Ainge, like if I was interviewing with the Boston Celtics, yeah. I'd be like, that's really cool that I'm <laughs> talking to Danny Ainge right yeah, now. Yeah. Is there anybody that, that stood out to you as you were talking to them?
4: Um, not really. I mean, I have an interviewed with the Boston Celtics, so, but I mean, they all kind of blend together after a while. I mean, all the interviews kind of go the same way. And yeah, I mean, after a while, they just kind of mesh together. <laughs>
0: in conversations with with your agent i mean do you have any sense i mean it's so far out with everything being pushed back i mean normal circumstances you'd know where you're where you're going to be for the next handful of years but unfortunately we're still months away from that but just in in dialogue with your agent i mean any sense of of a general range where you could go
4: yeah i mean i'm here in top 15 somewhere around there from the teams and it was a team that been telling my agent as well so um i mean that that's just what i've been hearing from them
0: I mean, how fantastic would that be whether you go top 15 or top 40, just, you know, like, have you envisioned that moment on October 16th when the commissioner is wherever he is, his basement, some <laughs> podium, you know, with the so-and-so pick, the Oklahoma city thunder select yeah. Zeke Nagy? have you thought
4: about what that moment will be like? Yeah. I mean, I've thought about that ever since I was a kid, something I've dreamed about for as long as I can remember and being that close, um, is uh, it's incredible. It's uh, it's a weird feeling, but uh it's also motivating at the same time because I'm this close. So just gotta push for that, that last lap, just that that last leg of the race.
0: I mean, you're you are this close. I mean, what's it like just navigating this time though? I mean, I, I mentioned it briefly, but like, have you ever gone whenever your last game was at Arizona, like March seventh, until I don't know when when opening night will be next season. <laughs> Who knows, like December fifth or December fifteenth, like. That's a long time. Have you ever gone that long without without a competitive game?
4: No, I, I really haven't. But uh, I mean, I think that it, you know, it sucks that it has to has to be this way. But at the same time, I think that it's good for me because um, I'm given a lot of time to work on my game and work on my weaknesses. And this time away from playing actual games is giving more time to work on my strength um, and work on other areas of my game. So I guess there's pros and cons to it.
0: What's a typical day like in vegas i mean are you getting multiple workouts in
4: yeah I'll, I'll usually wake up and i'll i'll go work out around nine o'clock i'll lift for about an hour then maybe shoot for an hour and a half maybe two hours then i'll get done i'll come back eat sleep and then come back again around three o'clock and then i'll have another hour and a half workout and that's usually what my day consists of
0: bunking up with anybody or you have your own place out there and just you know i suppose Living in Tucson as long as you did, it's not like you're you're not used to being away from home.
4: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm definitely living on my own out there. Uh, my time in Tucson definitely helped me to learn how to become independent and mature, and I think that that's helped me and it's helping me right now.
0: You mentioned the conversation with with Coach Miller when when you made the decision to turn pro. Just take us through that conversation.
4: Yeah, I mean, after the season ended, you know, I was talking to my family about it, and we kind of felt like that was a good idea, and then. Talked to coach and he was definitely very supportive of it, and told me that um, he would help me any way he could to get to that next level and be successful there. So he was very supportive throughout the whole process.
0: What happened? I thought you were gonna get Kerwin Walton in Arizona. <laughs> <laughs>
4: hey, uh, Kerwin, he made a good choice for himself though. I'm, I'm happy for him because I know he's gonna be happy there.
0: Yeah, I mean you can't go wrong get a blue blood <laughs> like North Carolina, right? But I know Arizona
4: was trying. Yeah, hey. They were, they, I thought I thought he was gonna go to Arizona, but uh, he didn't, but uh, it's, it, it is what it is.
0: <laughs> you got some great competition at Arizona. Like I'm thinking just NBA prospects wise, like the big man at Washington is going to be pretty high pick. The other kid at Washington will be a first round pick probably yeah. the, the big man from USC is probably a top five pick. Who, and maybe it's the USC kid, but who was the best player that you played against?
4: Best player, um, I guess in the conference, I, best player I have to go with Peyton Pritchard. Uh, he was, he, was, he was a beast against us both times. We lost him both times in overtime, but uh, my personal matchup, I'll have to go with Isaiah Stewart. Um, he, was, he was a great player, very physical, and uh, he did well against us.
0: Yeah, Pritchard yeah. at the point guard position. Yeah, I mean, he's probably gonna end up going in the second round. Somebody's gonna, I think, fall in love with that kid.
4: Yeah, definitely, he plays the game the right way.
0: And then on the USC kid, what stood out about him?
4: Um, yeah, his athleticism. Um, he was able to run the floor really well. And uh, I think he was a really good defensive player as well.
0: One question I'm asked a lot is of, of the Minnesota kids, you and Trey Jones and, and Daniel Oturu, and I think Tyrell Terry is going to end up staying in the draft. Mm-hmm. Kind of that four. I think McKinley will probably end up back in Boulder. Yeah. And Gotch will end up at the U. And mm-hmm. you know, Freddie Gillespie will maybe get drafted too. But, yeah. but of the main four, like I'm asked all the time, who do you think is going to end up going highest? And I'm like, I... I don't know, but like if, if somebody asked you that, I mean, I suppose your bias would be like, yeah, I think it's going to be me. Yeah, yeah,
4: I mean, I have to go with myself. I mean, I know how hard I've worked for this. Uh, I know what I'm capable of doing, uh, not not to discredit them. I mean, they're all both, they're all great players, but I mean, I would have to go with myself. Is it just crazy, the, the position you're in? And we've talked about this a little bit, but like, just
0: think about as recently as like two years ago <laughs> compared to like being in this position now, is it just nuts?
4: Yeah, I mean, it really is crazy because like, Not too long ago, I just won the state championship. Now I'm already declaring for the NBA draft and preparing for that. So it's crazy how much can happen in such a short period of time.
0: Zeke Nashi, it is nuts. I remember being in the gym at Eden Prairie High School a couple years ago at a D1 Minnesota practice with Zeke in the gym, with Tyrell Terry in the gym. Now all of a sudden, those two have a real chance to go in the first round on October 16th. All right, we are done. That does it for Scoop Podcast episode 309 on this late Friday afternoon, the 7th of August. Always appreciate you listening. Stay safe. Stay sane.